PaypalAccess.com will be bringing you all the action from the PSP Dallas Open live March 14th through the 16th. Don't miss it. Welcome, everybody, to the Real Deal Podcast. Hello out there in internet land. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I have Zach Wake here with us about to tell his story, and I'm really happy to have Zach Wake on. He uh, is playing with Infamous right now. He's played for quite the laundry list of top-level pro teams starting at a very early age. And so not only does he have a, a very real chance at being you know, one of those top players in the game again this year, he's coming off an injury, but he also has a checkered history in the sport and kind of got you know, a label uh, early on, not really early on, but as he was making his way through that I feel that he's been you know, working very diligently again you know, to try to better himself on that side of things. So there's just, you know, this podcast is about you know, getting awesome information about the paintball world, hear fascinating stories, and ultimately be able to, you know, ponder those stories and see how it reflects upon your own life and maybe learn some things. And that's the whole reason, Zach, you're here, baby, is because I really feel that you have a captivating story. Uh, one of the more interesting stories I feel going into 2014, and there's a ton of them on t- every team, okay. uh, but you have one of those really interesting stories. And, you know, you are coming off an injury and, and, uh, I mean, why don't we just start with that, man? How, how is the leg feeling? What happened? And, uh, you know, how, how's everything going, man? Uh, it's going good, Maddie. Thanks for asking it. Uh, well, it all started. I, I got back with infamous last year, um, after the whole ordeal with X factor. Um, I went to Italy. We played, I think it was a CPS was the, the tournament league we played. Yep. And I was back with them for the first time and it had been two years or a year and a half. And, um, uh, you know, we were playing, we did good the first couple matches and somewhere in the, the second match, I, um, I was in the snake and I came over the top and I, I just felt kind of kind of a tweak in my right hamstring and it um I don't know for the rest of the day I just I couldn't get it right you know I kept trying to stretch it out thinking maybe I just I didn't stretch it well enough and it was just getting tight well Sunday we played the first match and um I could really tell that I just I couldn't I didn't have the the first step explosion that I'm used to having and I just I really couldn't get get to places in a way that I was used to so we had uh, we had Cassidy actually Cassidy Sanders the video guy for um, HK came in and he he played for me because we we knew then that it was something serious that it wasn't just a, a tight muscle or something and um, we came back and I got it looked at the doctor said it, it seemed like it was all right he said maybe it's just a little tweak you know take it easy this week and um, you know when you get to practice next weekend getting ready for World Cup um, you know just kind of just play it slow you know just kind of stretch it out jog around see how it feels um, everything like that. Well, we get to CPX in Chicago for the practice right before World Cup, and um, you know I stretched with the team, warmed up, everything was feeling good. So, so I talked to Nikki and Travis, and they're like, you know, if you're feeling it, you know, we're gonna trust you on it. You know, you you just you do what you feel. And honestly, I was just I was so excited to be back with the team. Looking back on it now, um, even my dad said the same thing. He had told me the week before. He's like, you know, Zach, you might just wanna you might just want to sit it out and, you know, wait till the tournament. And, you know, me being me, I just, I was like, dad, you know, I think it'll be all right. You know, I'll, I'll play it slow. I'll test it out and, and just see how it feels. And, um, I played maybe two or three points. Um, on the fourth point, I, I ran to the snake off the break and I pulled up lame about 10 steps into it. And I, I could tell from then that it was, it was something pretty serious. And about a half hour later, I had a huge, huge bruise, um, on the, the bottom part, like right above my kneecap on my hamstring and then below my kneecap on the backside uh, on my calf. And that's when we knew that it actually torn and that was the blood coming from the muscle on the tear. So that was, that was the extent of that. And it was pretty, pretty crappy, <laughs> yeah. but it, uh, and, and yeah, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
it was uh, it was it wasn't fun, you know, because it was I was I was excited to be back with my boys. You know, I had a couple two years that were that were pretty rough. You know, not not what I was used to in paintball. You know, I, I came up on a pretty high you know upswing, and that was the first time I ever really leveled off those these past two years. And that was you know I was looking forward to being back with Infamous. You know, the guys that I really considered family and you know really close friends outside of paintball as well. And it just it sucked, man, to to have that happen right before the first you know real official tournament back with them. It was kind of kind of disappointing yeah and, and to be honest man i mean you know i've known you for a long time but that awesome conversation we had over beers heading back from uh from italy kind of just really cemented into my head i was like i've got to talk i've got to get zach on a podcast because yeah. i really feel that you understand the uh the struggles you've been through uh how that's affected you as a person and then you know heading into this injury you know, cause that was kind of right when it had happened. And, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you it really seemed like you had this no bullshit look at your own life and where you wanted to go and where, what you had been through and, and, uh, and the trajectory forward. And, and, uh, and I just felt that, man, you know, this, this, this guy's really talking like he, he knows what's up. And I think that a lot of people who have, you know, either been hurt or had to, you know, been that guy who's the hard to work with guy on the team or hard to coach or, work, or, or, uh, or had one of those guys on their team, you know, whichever way you look at it, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of knowledge you can kind of glean from your situation. And I think that could be a big inspiration to a lot of people out there to kind of, you know, flesh the story out a little bit. So where were you in your head uh, before we kind of get into the, the history um, of you coming up the ranks? And it, I mean, cause you, you had an awesome rise, man. And I, oh, yeah. uh, and you, you know, you were, known pretty quickly as this up and coming talent. And then you kind of went from up and coming talent to, you know, big weapon and a contributor relatively fast. And, uh, and that was a really cool story. And, and then, you know, but we'll get into that, but, but, uh, but as far as the injury, I mean, what was going through your head knowing that you were really pumped to try to get out there and prove yourself again, just got back on infamous, the Rocky road on, on, you know, having got cut from, uh, from X Factor, who's never cut a player before, and uh, I mean, what what was going on in your head at that time? Man, it was uh, it was pretty. You know, I've like you said uh, just a second ago. It's I had a pretty good, you know, up the mountain. You know, I never really had any any plateaus that kind of leveled out. You know, I I rode it up pretty quick, and it was uh, the whole thing with X Factor. Um, I'm going to go out and say this before we get into it. You know, um. It was I was cutting all that, but it, you know Alex and that whole entire organization are they're stand up guys, and I still have an amazing relationship with every one of them. And I want I've thanked him before. I'd like to thank him again for the opportunity, you know, taking a chance with me. But um, after that happened, I was really in a place that you know my dad. Every I mean, if you know me and paintball, I'm sure you know my dad Dan Wake, and me and him are very very close. Um, when it comes to the paintball thing, he's more of a friend than a dad, you know, I mean, not, in, not in a negative way, more a positive way that he's, he's really someone I can talk to and trust that he's not going to try to steer me a certain way or, or give me, um, advice that's, that's going to be to benefit anyone else but myself, you know, and that's, that's a really good support system to have. Absolutely. But, uh, with, after the X factor thing, I was really at a, at a place to where, um, I, I thought I was going to be done, man. I was just so disappointed with myself and, the fact that I had fallen off so far from where I was um, previously that I, I really thought about Maddie just taking a step back and, and you know, really focusing on, um, you know, my career outside of paintball, you know, really trying to, to focus on, you know, buying a house, you know, making, you know, working with the family business, taking, you know, climbing that ladder next. And uh, I talked to my dad and he's like, Zach, you know, he's like, honestly, son, he said, 
the biggest thing about it is you've you've had such a such a come up, you know, over these past four, five, six years before this, you know, that it's it's tough, you know, it's it's not everybody can handle that 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 drop off or um, really knows how to respond to to not having everything go their way, really. And uh, he's like, you know, just take a week, you know, relax, just chill out, don't even think about paintball, just you know, go with your friends, have a good time, you know. Just enjoy yourself and and talk to me in a week. You know, I'll call you on Monday next week and and I'll ask you what you think. You know, and uh, he did, and I was like, Dad, you know, I really I, I've thought of something. You know, I thought I had this idea, and I knew the only only way that I really wanted truly to get back into paintball and would really want it to be committed. Um, at that point, at this point in my life, was to to get back with you know my my boys, you know Nikki Cuba, Bobby Aviles, um, you know Damian, Travis, Callie, all those guys. Like I really I look at them in a way that a lot of people in paintball say you know we're a family in this, but you know those guys right there, like those are those are my aces. You know, don't, no matter what, if I called them up tomorrow and said I'm never playing paintball again, but you know let's kick it in a couple of weeks, they'd be like, all right, cool, man. You know, like those are my best friends. You know, outside of paintball as well, and. um you know, I put together this thing. I was like, you know, Travis isn't really too happy with me about the way I left. And, um, you know, I thought about it. I was like, well, how can I really prove to him that, you know, I'm serious and I want to come back and be committed and that these past two years that, that this isn't me and this isn't what I bring to the table when it comes to paintball. You know, this I, I can really get back to a point to where I can contribute and be that force that, you know, um, a lot of people looked at it as, as, you know, pretty scary to face, you know, and that's, totally. I'm not trying to boast or anything, but I, I was very confident and very understanding of the fact that I had a, a pretty high level of talent in this sport and in this game. Hey, I know before you keep going and I would definitely want you to keep going. Cause I think this is some interesting stuff that we're talking about and, and very mm -hmm. crucial to understanding not only your journey, but a lot of people's journeys mm -hmm. is that I will totally second that. Yeah, man. I mean, it, when you're on, you are one of the best over out there and, uh, and, and it, and it happened for you to, at an early age, like we were talking about before. So, you know, but that's a lot to take in. It's a lot yeah. to deal with that when, you know, when you're in your late teens, early twenties, your brain is not even wired the way it's going to end up being wired yet. I mean, right, you, right. you know, and it's like they say, you know, when you're 18, you think, you know, everything when you're 25, you realize you don't know shit. Exactly. And, uh, and, and it's very true. And, and, and a lot of that honestly comes down to the fact that you just brain has not fully developed yet. It really hasn't. And you not only has it not fully developed yet, but you also haven't really had, even if you've had some experience, you still haven't had that much. And, uh, and, and then not only that cap that off with all the hormones running through your body and how <laughs> you think you're God's gift to earth. And then that's, that's a, a recipe for, sometimes it's a recipe for awesome success. If a dude can ride that aggressive line in a lot of ways, but it's also the recipe for, um, you know, could potential disaster as well too. And you got, you kind of had a bit of both, you know, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, Maddie, thank you for saying that. That, re that really does mean a lot. You know, you, you're one of the guys I've looked up to, you know, since I started the sport, and that really means a lot to hear. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it was, I think in, in this instance, I think I was my own worst enemy. Honestly, I think I uh, <clears throat> I got to a point to where I think I, I got a little too, I don't want to say cocky, but I think just a little too, um, like you said, when you're 18, 19, 20, you think you know everything. You don't think that anybody can tell you anything you know and if they do it's like well why are they telling me this when i'm out here when i go out and play on the field and you know what i'm doing game in and game out you know why would why would they tell me something to change or how could they make me better you know and i think that's something that i, I really um i've come to realize that you know it's not how it's not no matter what i knew then if i would have if i would have pulled back and said you know what maybe they really are trying to to really get me to be to the full max of my potential. I think that 
these past two years, even with leaving Infamous and not really being as happy um, in the Dynasty organization or, um, you know, with X Factor, that I think I really could have could have gotten a lot better. You know, I think I just I really thought I knew it all. And you said it. You're you're right on point when you say when you're 18, you think you know it all. When you're 25, you know you wish you would have listened a lot more because you don't really know shit. And uh, I'm at that point in my life, being 24, I turned 25 in June. Um, that I look back at these things and it's just, it's so much like, man, I wish I could have cha- not changed, but I wish I would have done it just a, just the tiniest little bit different. And I, I would love to see where, where I would have turned out in today. Um, if I wouldn't have been such a, um, um, I guess you could say full of himself kid, just a young kid who's, <laughs> who's full of himself. Honestly, I, I got to a point where I was like, I know it all. And that's, that's what it is. I'm going out here. I'm shooting people. You know, nobody can tell me how to do this different. I'm going to do it my way. And that's that. And it, uh, it hurt me, you know, it really did. Um, I think I just, I think it was a fine line though. I think it's one of those things. Um, if you, you said it best, if you can ride that aggressive line, you know, and, and, you know, you flirt with it a lot, you got to flirt with that line quite often, you know, but sometimes you cross it. Um, and I think the times that I did cross it and I went too aggressive and acted like I knew it all that I never took a step back, you know, to come back to reality in a, in a honest way that it uh it just affected my game and it, it really affected how much i enjoyed the sport which also then affected my work ethic and i think that's why i am where where i am right now so uh, yeah i would agree it's tough though man because it, it's so easy to you know that whole cliche that you know retrospect the hindsight's 2020 and and that it's very easy to look back at uh at things with a certain clarity that you it, that, that was literally impossible to have especially when you're young uh, and, and I don't want to say that there's not a ton of bright, you know, young, late teenagers out there. I mean, but that's one of the problems sometimes, you know, is that you're almost too smart for your own good for some people. And then other kids may be a little ignorant because they just haven't had the chance. I was one of those guys, man. I, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't quite have the, uh, a little bit of the, um, uh, you know, chip on your, I did, I had a big chip on my shoulder for sure. But, but, but I tried to harness that in the best way possible. Um, but you know what though, man, is that struggles define you. I mean, it, it, that's just the way it is in life, you know, and, and things present themselves and, and how you act is at that particular time defines you in that moment, but you can always learn from that and live to fight another day and, uh, and, and take those experiences and have that make you into a strong adult, um, regardless of your age. And it does need to happen in your late teens or twenties. That, that knowledge can come when you're 40. You know, it, it really does not necessarily matter as long as you're able to actually objectively and, and you had, you know, because of what had happened to you, you were kind of, you know, forced into this. Well, what am I going to do? I mean, I've, I've got to have this really harsh retrospective here and figure out what the hell went wrong because you were riding so high. So why don't we actually at this point in time, let's let's actually talk about your history, because I think if people know like how, you know, the teams that you played on and, and how highly touted you were coming up the ranks, um, I think that they'll maybe be able to appreciate a little bit better that the current struggle that you're going through right now, and this is still a process for you because, and this is why I can't wait to see you play this year. Cause I know you have the skills, your head is much more firmly attached to your body. And, and, and now as far as like looking at it with that no bullshit, clear spectrum of where am I now? What do I need to do to get better? How can I be the best teammate possible? What are my own deficiencies? Let me make those into my strengths. And, um, but you know, so let's go back. When did you start playing paintball? I uh, started playing, I want to say it was right around Christmas of 2004. My buddy got a gun and uh, I, my parents had told me I couldn't, I, I couldn't play paintball. They wanted me to have a, didn't want me to have a paintball gun. And uh, 
my best friend at the time, Jordan, got a gun, and I somehow talked my way into getting one, and it, it's history from there. How, how old were you at the time? Uh, 14. Uh, yeah, right around 14. So then, and you also, it's not like you came up in a hotbed of paintball talent either. I mean, it's not, it's it's not like you grew up in Southern California and had every luxury at at your disposal as far as, you know, pros to learn from and, and all, all the, and great weather and all that stuff. So where, where, where was home for you growing up? Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm still here and I've, I've been here grown, born and raised my entire life. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. It wasn't, it's nothing like paintball here is you get people wanting to go to Walmart and buy a buy a box of shitty paint and go out in their backyard and, and have a CO2 and play on that all day. And that's, that's what paintball around here is. So it was definitely a, uh, a shock to see what it was on the West coast and in other places and just how big it was. And that's what I kind of, what I kind of fell for it. We went to a, uh, a tournament in Tampa and, um, it was when excessive and dynasty were at the, the top of that rivalry, you know? And, uh, I think I'm pretty sure you were still on the team, honestly, on excessive and Thomas oh. Taylor and yeah, all, Nick, I remember, <laughs> man, it was, it was something else. And that's when I really fell in love with it. I think I'd played a couple, like three men, young guns around here at, you know, in uh, Bluntville. It's about an hour from me. Uh, wait, wait, there's a town called Bluntville. Yeah. B-L-O-U-N-T-ville. <laughs> so it's not, not the kind of, not well, what you're thinking, but hilarious. Yeah. But continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's funny, but uh, but yeah, no, we I played a, we played a couple tournaments. Me and my buddies, um, we did pretty good at them. And that's when my dad, my dad's always been involved with sports, and he's always been someone that you know his parents weren't really supportive of him, you know, pursuing a sports career. So he, I think he kind of took that when I got into paintball and put it as you know I'm gonna I'm not gonna force you, you know I'm not gonna tell you you got to do this and that, but I'm gonna be there for you 100 percent, and I will do anything I can to make this. Um, make this dream that you have a reality. You know, I will, I will do anything that you need me to do that will help you, um, to get to where you want to be. And he, he took us, took me and my little brother who he didn't, my little brother never played, but you know, he, he always wanted to be around and, you know, hang out and he liked paintball. He just never really got into it. But we went down to that tournament in Tampa and, uh, you know, I met, a, I think I, I very, very, I remember meeting Chris Lasoya, man, and that was that was one of the coolest things because I've been looking at the magazines, you know, watching the videos, downloading them on LimeWire back in the day, uh, you know, all that. And I remember meeting Chris Lasoya, and it was he was one of the coolest dudes ever, and he's to this day still one of my good friends. And uh, that's what kind of sold me on it. Um, from there, uh, once I saw what paintball could be and what it was all about, it's kind of it's kind of funny actually, and I'm gonna get some shit for this, but. A couple months later, my dad and we talked and he's like, you know, if this is really what you want to do, he's like, I've been looking into it and there's this team dynasty, you know, I think we, we watched him play and they're doing a clinic out in Los Angeles at a uh, Hollywood sports. And, uh, I was wanting to think, I wanted to see what you thought about, do you want to go out there? You know, I'll, I'll get the tickets and all while well, it's 14. So of course I couldn't pay for the stuff, but <laughs> yeah. he was like, you know, if you want to go, if you're serious, if this is something you really truly want to pursue, you know, we'll get you out there and we'll, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what you can do. You know, we'll see if you can, if you have a chance to compete at this level or to compete and to really try to, to grow at this sport or, or what. And, uh, so we went and it was, it was awesome, man. And it was really one of the most, um, it was one of the most cool experiences, you know, looking back on it now, like I said, I'm probably going to get some shit from a bunch of the guys about it, but you know, it's, it's really cool to look back and say that not only did I learn from all these guys when I was 15, 15 years old, that I looked up to at the time, you know, I've played with them. I've been on their same team. You know, I've competed against them. I think the first match I ever played was when I was on ultimate in, um, I think it was Texas in 2006. And, uh, 
the first guy I ever shot was Alex Frazier. I remember it to this day. He was running up to the X off the break, and I, I shot him, and it was it was kind of surreal at the time. You know, I was I was young, and I you know I had the I felt like I was a pretty good talent, but it, at that time I was like, man, these guys are, you know, these are the dudes I grew up watching. Like these are the guys I wanted to be like, and it was it was pretty cool, man. It was it was a really cool experience. Well, a couple I got a couple things for you. One, yeah. what was that clinic like? I mean, do you have any funny stories from that? Like, was anybody a dick to you? Was there certain guys that were super cool? Like, I mean, did you feel, because I think that that's interesting that, you know, and this is why I always say, hey, man, you want to get better, go take a clinic from somebody, you know, get exactly. learn from the best. Exactly. And uh, and there's a lot of them out there all over the world, depending on where you're at. Um, but uh, so, I mean, how was that experience? Were you kind of like deer in the headlights for a little bit, trying to absorb the, all the knowledge you possibly could? And I mean, how did that go? Man, I got I got a couple of good stories from that clinic right there. Um, I met I met a co- I met you know I met Ryan Greenspan. I met um, Angel Fergosa, who to this day is still one of my favorite or is my favorite um, paintball player of all time, and I think one of the better better players to ever play the game. And he, uh, <clears throat> I met him. I met Rainey. I met Ryan Greenspan. Rainey's still a good friend of mine. Ryan as well. And um, <clears throat> I think the coolest thing was. We did a little – it was a snap shooting drill or something like that, and Angel, they split up into groups, and each each one of the guys got five or ten kids, whatever it was, and Angel's like, all right, we're going to do this snap shooting drill. Does anybody want to volunteer to to be the example and, and go against me just to show them what we're going to do so we can kind of show everybody what's going on? And I was like – I was like, me right here. <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me. You know, raising my hand, standing up, mm-hmm. and he called me, and – um. Man, we went up against each other, and the first time, you know, he was just taking it easy, and I was a young kid. <clears throat> I'd been putting in a little bit of work training, but uh, I was a younger kid, so I, he was kind of taking it easy on me, and I shot him, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. But I knew, I knew at that time, I was like, he didn't go in full bore. He's like, all right, he's like, we're gonna we're gonna do that again. We're gonna run that back, and I could tell he stepped it up a little bit, and uh, I shot him again, and he's like, all right, he's like, fuck this, he's like, here we go, he's like, I'm, we're going, he's like, we're going right now, he's like, I'm going 100. percent He said, we're going for real, and uh, we went at it, man, and we went, and we went, and we battled for about 30 seconds, and I, uh, he finally ended up shooting me, but he came up to me after, he's like, you know what, man, he's like, I'm gonna let you know right now, the first ball that came out of your gun in this drill on the third time, you hit me, you bounced me in the elbow, and he said, that's what it feels like to battle against somebody on a Sunday at the pro level and he said you know what sooner or later he said it's probably going to be sooner than later he said I will see you on the field and that right there was one of the coolest like especially from Angel I don't really know him well you know as well as I know the other guys but I always thought he was more of like a a reserved kind of quiet guy and for him to say that to me that I think that was the spark that really let me know in my head that um you know Zach you can do this man you can really if you keep putting in the work and you keep really uh, grinding it out that you know, you can, you can compete against these guys, you know, and it was, it was really cool, man. That was one of the coolest stories I have in paintball right there. That's an awesome story because <clears throat> Angel is a not quick, first of all, that's a really cool story that somebody who is pretty boot rookie in the game was able to get out there and, and, uh, you know, a snap shooting battle is a snap shooting battle. It's not, it's right. not the game of paintball, but still exactly. the reflex is required. And also right. the, the actual gumption it takes to be like, Hey, uh, let me get out there. I'll, I'll, I'll play you, you know, like, Maddie, Maddie, I was scared shitless dog, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted that test. I wanted to test myself to see, you know, where I stood and, you know, and I, like you said, it's not playing the game, but you know, those are the little skills, you know, running and shooting, snap shooting, that technical stuff right there is what, you know, once you get those down, then it's just really learning the game of paintball and, and, you know, really having the mindset for it, I feel like is what it takes after you have those things. So that was, like I said, that was one of the coolest things that, 
that really got me motivated to to be like, you know what, Zach, you can be a good player, maybe a top level player in this sport. What's crazy, and this is what I love about the game, is that paintball is really open to anybody of any age, size, weight. It doesn't really matter uh, if right. you have it in your head that it's that it's possible. And right. and knowing, and it's crazy because what if you hadn't had the balls to be like, hey, I'll, I'll, there's an opportunity here. Angel is asking for somebody to to do this, and instead of being intimidated, you were invigorated. You were like, okay, I will I will do this, and you were you wanted that, and so you got put in that situation, and that was a, one of your first paintball tests, and you passed. And, uh, and passing that test and being willy, willing to go into the breach, being willing to test yourself, um, kind of lit the spark. And, and what if you go back and repeat that scenario again and you don't have the balls to volunteer? You don't have that, you know, that, that just innate confidence in yourself to put yourself on the line and then be able to prevail in that situation against one of the world's best uh, in that little, you know, isolated drill um but still who knows if you know this maybe the spark wouldn't have got lit as much you know i mean it's tough to really think about those sorts of things but that's a really cool story man you know yeah and that's that's one of those things like you said maybe what if i went back and and i didn't i didn't have the balls to do it that's one of the things that i feel like you know i'm not the i'm I'm not the biggest guy but there's never really been much that i not many things that i'm intimidated by or scared of you know and that's that's one of those things i feel like maybe that was kind of one of the things that's that's really kind of caused this past little couple years of, you know, being that hothead or that, that guy that's kind of a little loud, a little too loud or a little, a little too, you know, in your face. And I think that, uh, like you said, it's a fine line, that, that fine line. I, I was, I played that fine line the right way there, but there's so many other instances in my life and in my paintball career that I, I've crossed that line and it's got, it's, it's hurt me more than it's helped me, you know? Do you, I mean, if looking back, uh, before we get a little bit more into your story, do you can you pinpoint any instances that you would go back and change now as far as those are i mean i know life is littered with these sorts of ones but was there like a pivotal a pivotal moment where you kind of look back and be like man i you know and i don't want to drug up any bad memories necessarily but i think it might be a lesson to anybody out there struggling with this themselves or struggling to deal with somebody like that um either way you look at it but is there any like anything you can kind of pinpoint and be like man that was kind of shitty i wish i didn't do it that way Man, there's a there's a there's things that you know I've I've looked back and like you said hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, there's there's things I can go back and be like, well, what if I did this different or or what if I did this different? But I don't I don't like to dwell on things in the past. And honestly, I don't I wouldn't change anything. If I could change one thing, it would have been um, not leaving Infamous in two thousand. I think it was after the two thousand ten season or after two thousand eleven. That's the one really true not regret, but. If I could go back and change one thing, that would be it. I would have stuck it out. Not stuck it out. I would have stayed with them and not gone to chase a, I, I, I don't know, whatever reasons I had at the time. I would have stayed with my boys and I would have helped continue building this team. And um, I think that would have really kept me in the, in the, the motivated point, you know, and kept me really wanting to, to, to drive it and to really enjoy um, the sport that I love so much. I kind of lost it for a minute, Maddie. It was one of those things that – you know, being from Knoxville, flying back and forth, you know, it's not, I don't drive a couple hours to practice, you know, driving, flying to, to the West coast for a, for a practice, just for a practice, Saturday, Sunday practice. I got to leave, fly out around noon on Friday, you know, get in over there about six o'clock. There's a three hour time difference. Um, get used to all that, go play Saturday, Sunday, fly out on the red eye, get home at four o'clock in the afternoon Monday. So it's a four day or ordeal just to go to a practice, you know, and it's uh, I think I got kind of burnt out on it. Um, cause I, I wasn't really enjoying the, 
the paintball part of it. So the travel part of it was just like, God, man, I'm dreading flying out this weekend. I just, I don't want to go. I don't want to sit on the plane for this long and all that. But, uh, yeah, the, all that being said, I think the the one thing that I could change, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm sure other people could look at and say, well, he should have changed this or he should have done this differently. But, you know, you learn from mistakes and, and without these mistakes, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now and have this mindset of, well, you know, I, I did so many things the right way. And these these past couple of years, there's been so many things I've done the wrong way. Like, I know I can get back to the right decision making and I can get back into that groove and get back into that really just pure joy for the game that that makes it so much fun and makes me enjoy it so much that um yeah the only thing i really would change was leaving my boys back back when yeah that's about all i got well no i mean it's that's a good way to look at things but you know sometimes it was funny i was we we finally thank god had some and i you know anyone that's on from the east coast or in the midwest is gonna hate (laughs) me for saying this but you know, we, we had another pristine winter. Uh, it, it was just gorgeous every single day. But California is in the middle of a really bad drought that has a lot of severe implications to uh, food supplies and, uh, you know, fires that could potentially happen because anytime that we have, you know, sustained drought, there's, uh, you know, there's already a lot of fires in California. Anyway, it's just a bad all the way around. So, yeah, yeah that's the trade off is okay, sweet. It's nice every single day from well, pretty much every day. I was going to say every single day. Yeah. Nice. What are you talking about? Well, pretty much. Well, you know, it's about maybe 300 days a year, but, uh, yeah. but, but the point, but, but it sucks. I mean, it's, it sucks because we're not getting any rain and we need this rain. So we finally had this huge storm come through. And when I say huge for us, it's, you know, three days of rain totaling maybe a little over an inch. So nothing like that's just child's play for anyone else that lives pretty much anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we have these big palm trees in, in my backyard, uh, the, the house that I live at and, uh, in the backyard, you know, these towering palm trees and, and, um, and, it, and the storm had come through and, and, and after it was done, our backyard was littered with uh, dead palm tree leaves and everything was, you know, was wet because it obviously had just rained. And I was kind of sitting out and looking at the trees and seeing like, you know, day later that already these trees looked more green, had less dead, dead stuff on them and, uh, and had been very much reinvigorated by the storm. And so me and my other, one of my roommates was just sitting there kind of talking about how that's interesting that, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you have nothing but calm, breezy, amazing days, but even that perfectness, uh, over time kind of doesn't really reinvigorate this particular life form that is this tree in our, or these trees, these palm trees in our backyard. And it took this storm to come through and shake those things around for, you know, 70 hours or so and dump a bunch of rain on it for it to actually be a really good thing for that tree, you know? So it's, you know, sometimes, you know, but that's how human beings appreciate stuff, man. They're, you know, it's the, it's the, the whole polarity of, of existence. Then that whole concept of the yin and the yang, the dark and light. I mean, you can wax philosophical about that stuff for ages, but, (laughs) but it's true, you know, that is very true. So, um, you know, you having to go through this downs to appreciate the ups that much more. And then not only that, make you a much stronger human being now heading into this season. And dude, you're only 24, you know? So, I mean, you could continue this trajectory for at least another 10 years, you know, as, as long as you stay healthy and take care of your body um, and, and you keep your wits about you, which I'm pretty sure you will at this point. So let's go back a little bit. Uh, all right. So start with ultimate. So you got an ultimate and a lot of people don't know what that team was or that it even existed. Um, but, you know, talk about getting on a team that got whooped up a lot and trying to, and starting to starting out the hard way. I mean, it's not like you got a gift and played on a really great team that by any stretch of the imagination, it was, you know, kind of birth by fire for you in the pro leagues. Yeah. Well, it was, um, let's see, 
I want to say it was 2005. It was soon after that dynasty clinic and we were playing a, it was the CFOA. It was Rob Stoddinger's league. You know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's familiar with uh, paintball central and um, trauma and gridlock and all that. And they ran a league called the CFOA and I was playing that we were playing like the, the novice division or whatever it was. And I played, it was probably six or seven tournaments or maybe less than that. I'm not sure. But at the same time as that, my two buddies, um, Adam Smith and Kevin Fillers, who were the guys that, you know, I really, the, oh, uh, just about everything in paintball too. Those guys literally, they played for bad company, but they broke me down, man. They, they ran me through the ringer on just drills and drills and drills and drills and drills. And they, they really have a lot to do with why I was and will be this coming year and from now on for the rest of my career a, a very high level player and it um they played for bad company and they got on ultimate bad company either fell apart or was going through a off year or whatever it was but they got on ultimate when they were still a division one team and so i would go down to atlanta with them on the weekends we didn't have uh, a cfoa or something like that and i would practice with the ultimate kids team who was a division three team i think or division two team at the time so we did that and i think that year we went to atlanta which is three hours south um, 50 weekends out of 52, I think we missed two weekends, something like something crazy like that. Just playing paintball all the time. And then we'd play two days during the week, uh, my Wednesdays and Thursdays after school, my dad would drive me, uh, 45 minutes out to their house and we would play on the, on the field, on their side yard. We'd set up, uh, set up the bunkers we had and just run drills. You know, they'd run me through the snake, man. If I, if I two on ones in the snake and if my pack came up when I was crawling down, they'd stop it made me crawl all the way around the outside and the inside with like rocks in my pack, like crazy stuff, man. And, uh, yeah, so we were doing all that playing paintball four days a week and whatnot. Well, come, come to world cup. Um, I want to say that there, it was an open division before it was in XL. There was an NXL and then the open division before yep. they merged into yep. one in 2006. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were on the pro team at world cup and the, I guess you know, they had been talking me up to the the owner, Ted, at the time, and were they were like, you know, this kid's down here. You've seen him play. You know, he really wants to play World Cup with the kids team. Or I wanted to play with the open team, but they're like, you know, he's he's a little too young. He's a little too green. So we'll put him in. We'll put him in let him play D3 with, uh, with the ultimate kids team at World Cup. And that was my first national event. And uh, we played. I think we got second, second or third, so whatever it was. It doesn't matter. And, uh, yeah, so after that, I played – I think I won a couple one-on-one ones to win some some games. It was crazy, man. I played out of my mind that tournament. And uh, from there on, after that, it was a couple weeks after that, they started working me in with the pro team because they knew that we were going to be playing in the NXL Open, whatever it was called. And uh, and you were 15 at this time or 16? I was 15, I think I was 16, and I got put on to the pro team right before I turned 17. Because I know I, I played my first pro tournament when I was 16. So, okay, yeah. So I was 15 at the time. And, um, yeah, we played World Cup. And then I started working out with the pro team instead of the kids team. And we got to uh, – it was right before the season started. They're like, all right, you know, we're going to put you on the roster. You know, you're playing really good. We trust that you can you can get it done. So I got on the pro team. Um, we played – it was Texas. I want to say – it was, was it Texas in 2006? Was that the first tournament? Yeah, I think so. Was that the year yeah. it was super cold, or was we were walking in the fields in board shorts one day, and then it was thirty-two degrees the next day? Got had a tank top, uh, sunburn line, and then on Sunday, the, I remember watching the Russians. I think it was in the finals. Had a tent outside the back of the pit with like a heater inside, <laughs> yep. trying to heat the paint just to keep it working. Man, it was crazy. Yeah, that was gnarly. But that was the first my first pro tournament, and um, I played that one. Then we played Vegas, which was the second one. 
Uh, we, you know, these were all horrible showings. I think we won one match in Texas against New York Extreme in the piss poor rain, shooting our Black Magic autocockers with ten inch barrels on them just so the paint would come out of the gun. We beat New York Extreme eight to seven or eight to six, whatever it was. And mind you, that Dynasty beat us twenty two to nothing. And, <laughs> Russians beat us 21 to nothing like it was it was horrible but you know it was it was cool man because it was one of those things that at the time I didn't really it didn't matter like it mattered of course it mattered winning and losing but at the time I was like man I'm just I'm playing in the big leagues like I'm at the show I'm in the show right now you know and this is it was it was awesome and I, I loved even the losing part of it I didn't love losing but I loved just being a part of the big leagues you know and I loved playing against these guys that I had you know looked up to and and wanted to play against for so long it was awesome but uh yeah so we played vegas and then chicago and after chicago we just kind of realized that me adam and kevin were all on that team we just kind of realized that it wasn't a good you know that the way it was run and um you know the coaching of it was just it wasn't it wasn't fun and it wasn't going anywhere honestly and uh we we ended up parting ways after chicago took a couple we didn't play the fourth event i can't remember where that was that might have been the mao um in charlotte or something like that but Came back and I played with Palm Beach at uh, at Central Florida Paintball, I think, practicing for World Cup that year. We were going to play with Palm Beach, and we played against the Naughty Dogs, against Rocky Newth and the Naughty Dogs and all those guys. And yet again, I don't know what it was. I had another – just in a, the practice, we practiced in two days, and, I, Maddie, I was playing out of my mind, man. It was, it was insane. Just dominating out in there. The, <laughs> what's that? You're just dominating out there? Dude, getting in the snake, shooting the shit out of these fools. And I was like, oh, these dudes ain't nothing. Like, what's up? You know, I was just being that cocky little 17-year-old kid, you know, yeah. like I always was. And uh, I guess I remember Rocky came up to my dad and I saw them talking. I was like, man, he's probably pissed. You know, he's probably saying something about me running my mouth or something like that. You know, I'm sure it's something negative. Well, my pops comes up to me about 30 minutes later. He's like, yo, he's like – uh Zach, this that was Rocky, you know, the owner of Naughty Dogs, blah, blah, blah. You know, he really wants you to uh to come out after World Cup and and you know spend some time with the team and really see see what's up. And at this time I was juggling between because I was playing playing the CFOAs, playing over in Charlotte a lot with the gridlock and trauma guys, and we were talking about going to play with trauma. We had been in the talks with Rob and Tyler Humphrey and all those guys about playing with trauma maybe after the World Cup, you know, for the following season. And it was uh it was a tough decision, man, because I watched I watched Trauma. I can't remember if that's the year they won it or or they they did really well. They got second or third, whatever it was. And you know, those were my local my local friends. You know, all the guys on Gridlock were my homies, Lucky and Jake and all those guys. And um, yeah, so Rocky was talking to my dad, and we'd been talking to Trauma and all this. So it came down after World Cup, and you know, I played really good at the tournament with Palm Beach. I think we got a, yet again another second or third, something along those lines. And, um, yeah, we, we ended up settling. I wanted to travel, you know, that's what, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to hit the West coast for paintball being young and whatnot. So we, uh, we called Rocky and he, he flew us out, flew me and my dad out, um, and Adam and Kevin as well. We played a year together on the naughty dogs and, uh, we went out there in the dead of winter, man. I remember it was so cold. I was wearing a, like two hoodies, like a, a a beanie on my head all this and like the ground was completely frozen diving in just like wear and tear all over the place tearing my pants holes in my jerseys just crazy but I guess I played played well enough I didn't think I played too good but, but you know I think I, I think I play, obviously played well enough for Rocky to be like you know we want you to be on the team um you know 
So we're going to fly you back out in a couple of weeks when practice actually gets going and we actually have practices for the first event and, you know, we want you to come out. So that was, that's how that started with the Naughty Dogs, which is my second professional team. Um, played with them for about two years. It was fun. It was, it was a good time. It just, me and Rocky, we were good, we were good friends, but I think when it came to, to being on the field, um, we just kind of clashed. We kind of butted heads, not even that it was, a um, a cha- me challenging him and what he had to say, but I think just our competitive nature of when we played each other, that we just we would get so intense with each other that we just kind of had there was kind of a, a rift in our relationship because of how you know intense and competitive we were. And I guess me being as young as I was, that he didn't really appreciate that from me. But you know, that gets like I said, I don't I don't feel that I did anything wrong. I never there was no disrespect towards him or never talking back or or you know, thrown in his face. It was just always like a, you know, just a, just a competitive thing, just like everybody else in paintball, you know, everybody's competitive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that parted ways. And then we're going to go back to, I'm going to go back to the, uh, the dynasty clinic thing. Another, just, this isn't a story, but just another little tidbit was Mike Hinman was, I don't, I don't know if he was playing with or coaching dynasty at the time. And that's where I met Mike Hinman and established a relationship with him. And I had an L.A. shirt on for some reason. I can't remember what it was. And I remember Mike at the clinic when I was 14 or 15, whatever it was, talking to my dad. My dad told me about this later. He's like, yeah, you know, your son, we got this team called Aftermath. And we want we wanted to know if he would want to come out for a tryout. You know, he's from L.A. and all this. And my dad's like, oh, no, you know, he's just that's just a shirt he's wearing. It's not a you know, we're from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Mike's like, okay, you know, I understand this, that, the other. He's like, well, you know, here's my number. Let, you know, we'll keep in touch. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens and I'll talk to you. We'll talk. And uh, so that, going back to back to the Naughty Dogs after that, it was, I want to say, right before the Northeast Open. Like I said, me and Rocky had kind of run our course and, you know, I was kind of looking to, to get out of that situation. And um, Mike and my dad had kept in touch and myself and Mike had kept in touch and, Mike hit me up and he's like, yo, man, he's like, if, if you're ready, you know, if you want to, he's like, we got, we got a spot and, you know, we want you to fill it. So he, he called me up and we talked about it and I, uh, I ended up calling, calling the Naughty Dogs guys and just saying, you know, thank you for the opportunity and I, I appreciate it, but, um, I think I'm going to move on. And then went on to Aftermath and, uh, we played the Northeast Open. Um, I, we didn't have too, too good of a showing. I don't, I don't. I can't really remember that one, honestly. And we what, didn't have the best. And what year is this? This is 2008. This is 2008, the end of 2008, I mm-hmm. want to say. Because I played the Northeast Open in, in the San Diego. I think it was the last San Diego NPPL they had at Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. So I played those two tournaments, and those were my first two with Aftermath. And, uh, you know, I played good. I remember, actually, I didn't play good the first practice. I just got <laughs> no excuses. So don't take this as me coming up with an excuse. But I just had um, all four wisdom teeth taken out on Monday. And they had given me some pain medicine. So Monday till Friday, I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go out here and play. You know, <clears throat> my mouth is just like, I can't even really talk or anything. You know, I don't know how am I going to play paintball. All hopped up on Percocet, mouth dude, hurting, all, dude, all, all the hell. Just out of my mind, like <laughs> laying on the couch all day, playing video games, not even knowing what I'm doing, you know, trying to pre- pl- play in games. I'm on the start screen, you know. <laughs> so uh, so I ended up going. I, just, I played it off to my mom and dad and my mom especially. I was like, mom, I'm fine. You know, it'll, it'll be cool. It'll just be all right. Lying up a storm to your parents. Oh, I'm dude, totally just, fine. I'm, I'm totally I'm, I'm hurting like I mean, I'm fine. I don't, I don't condone lying to your parents by any means, but at this point I was like, dude, this is my tryout for the team I've wanted to play with for a long time. Like I'm going, I'm not getting held back here. 
So we get out there, and I just I remember two of the things I remember the most from that practice. It was Saturday, and it was near the end of the day, and I'd just been getting shot up, man. I couldn't make my spot. If I made my spot, I couldn't make the fill, the next bump, you know, all this. And I remember Mike yelling something from up on the hill. We were at Raza, at Todd Martinez's field, the Raza field. And Mike was up on one of the hills looking down on his practice, and, and he yelled. He's like, yo, I didn't fly you out here to get shot up, you little chump. And I was like, <laughs> shit. I was like, I already got Mike on me. Like, here we go. Well, that, that, you know, I, I was doing everything I could, and then Mouse, Alex Goldman, came up to me. He was a, he's a, this, I think this really started mine and his friendship. He's another one of those guys who's a very, very close, you know, a good friend inside and outside of paintball. He came up to me. He's like, yo, man, he's like, if you can't make that fucking bunker, he's like, you need to go home. And I was like, fuck, man. I was like, I'm already letting the dudes down. Like, I just got here and they're already telling me, like, well, I'm not. They're I'm just not giving you the business, bro. You know, oh, I mean, exactly. Exactly. Well, I was like I said, I was I was just intimidated a little bit by the fact that, like, you know, I wanted this so bad, like that it just it was kind of reality check. Well, from that point on, I guess I made the team. I guess that, you know, that it really uh, I played better after he said that because it really it really hit home because I, I respected Mouse. um from day one because I watched him play with the Ironman win two championships when I was coming through the ranks with Ultimate and Naughty Dogs. Yeah. So I really respected him as a, as a player and as a, as a person. And when he said that to me, I think that really kind of lit the fire under me be like, you know what? No excuses. No bullshit. You know, you're here. Get it done. Nothing else can happen. And I, I got it done. And it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was a cool little one of those little cool moments you look back on and you're like, you know, this if this wouldn't have happened, maybe if he wouldn't have come to me and said that or or something, you know, maybe I wouldn't have got that fire lit underneath me and maybe I would have never ended up playing, you know? You got a lot of those, it seems like, over the years. That's good, though, man. And honestly, this is kind of when you got on my radar. I mean, you actually got on my radar when you were playing uh, with the Naughty Dogs because uh, I remember we were playing you and people started saying, like, oh, you got to watch out for that wake kid and the snake. And it rung my, in my head, you know, wake, snake, kind of rhymed a little <laughs> bit. And I was like all right, well, who the hell is Zach Wake, you know? Like, where'd this dude come from? And they're like, ah, oh, he's from the middle of nowhere, Midwest or South. Or, we don't even know. He's, but uh, but he's good. So, and he's, he's young, but uh, real aggressive. So that's kind of when you got on my radar. But then you really started kind of making a name for yourself, at least at the higher level and earn, earning your peers' respect, I would say, more when when you were playing on Aftermath. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, but then, and then where did it take you after that? Because, you know, this is protein number, what, three? <laughs> yeah, this is my third pro team in, uh, let's see, Ultimate for a year, Naughty Dogs for two. Yeah, it was, it was my third team in three years. And it wasn't, but it wasn't like, you know, it, it, it wasn't how, like with Dynasty and X Factor, it wasn't that, you know, it was more of like you're kind of being pushed out. You know, it was kind of like, you know, what's the next step in my paintball career that's going to get me, the put me in the best position to win? You know, and that's that's how it was climbing the ranks. It was always decisions I made. Are always just you know how I wanted to do it and with that um, being said we played the last two tournaments of 2008 I want to say or 2009 with Aftermath and came back the next year uh, made really good friends I think you know Mouse and Tyler Harmon were on the team they came and stayed with me in Tennessee for two weeks you know I, I really bonded with the guys you know Bobby Aviles, uh, uh, Josh Minkowski, Rainey all the guys on Aftermath we got really close that offseason and we had a pretty promising year, honestly, you know, in 2009. And, um, man, I, I, that's another thing I look back on and I really wish that, you know, I understand that the financing and all that we, when, when we pulled out, I guess Mike pulled out of the world cup that year and he's like, you know, I'm not going to keep aftermath together anymore. Um, 
that's one of the things I look at. And that team right there, just the the young talent that you look around the league that's littered all over the league, those kids that, that were on that team in 2009 was – that was a superstar crew of kids, like young kids. I think Steven Pitts was the oldest guy on the team at 23 or 24 at the time. And it just – I wish that team could have stayed together because I think we would have had a really good chance to to grow and to really – um you know, cause a ruckus in in the league. But that being said, it, it didn't. And um, when that fell apart, when Aftermath fell apart, um, Mike called me and said that, you know, we're going to merge, a couple of the guys are going to merge with Infamous Chicago, or Los Angeles Infamous at the time. And uh, it was me, Bobby, and Marcelo were the three that ended up going. I think Mouse was taking a year off to to focus on work with his dad or whatever it was. And then, you know, Rainey went here and Steven went there and all that. But from there, me and Mouse or me, Marcelo and Bobby played with Infamous. And that was, that was awesome, man. That was one of the coolest things. Cause coming into it, I was like, man, I don't really know these guys. I've heard of them. You know, I don't really know how good they are. I think they had just come off the, uh, they were together with the Oakland Bob's team the, the year before and they had kind of parted ways and whatnot. So we didn't really know what we were coming into, but, uh, Man, when we got there, you know, meeting John Richardson and Rusty Glaze and Travis Lemansky, uh, Chris Lasoya was there as well. And playing with those guys, really, I think John Richardson, of all people, teammates I've had, was really the most influential on my game. Because he was always like, Zach, he's like, man, don't don't change nothing, man. He's like, just just do your thing and perform. And he's like, all the other bullshit, whatever. He's like, it doesn't matter what they're going to say or how they're going to do it. He's like, you just go out there and play. Yeah, you know, and you do why you you do the things you do or you did on aftermath and and the years before that made us want you to be a part of this team. He's like, mm-hmm. you go do that, and I'll handle the rest of it. And I well, think well, that's look, important to hear from a veteran like that because when you not a veteran you, but a legend. Yeah, exactly, a legend. Was, he's a legend in the game, Hall of Fame, right there. Yeah, for sure. And when you get that kind of vote of confidence from a guy mm-hmm. like John Richardson then it really is a lot easier kind of it lets the it, it takes the reins off a little bit and it lets you kind of get into that you know people talk about that zone and that zone is really hard to find and it's really hard to stay in there when you have all of these extremating circumstances kind of hitting you from all angles you know coaches criticizing you you got to worry about the game itself your skills i mean there's so many different levels to it but when you get a guy like John to kind of come in and give you that you know that vote of confidence it's it's a huge thing for your game Right. Well, there was an ultimatum to it. You know, I had to play well. He's like, look, if you play well and you do the things that, you know, we've seen and know you're capable of, he's like, you know, the, the hotheadedness, the attitude, all that's going to – it doesn't matter. Like it matters, but it's not going to be magnified. You know, the way it has been these past two years when I feel like I kind of fell off, my level of play fell off, and all these other things have just come into being like, well, shit, he's not even playing good. Now he's getting penalties as well as not playing good. Now he's, you know – He's hard to deal with and he's not performing, you know, all those things. I feel like that's what he meant when he said that. He's like, as long as you perform and you do your thing, he's like, don't worry about the rest. He's like, I'll take care of it. You just do you and and we're going to be a good team and we're going to win. And it, it, it was really cool to hear that from him because I didn't really know him well at the time. But I've grown to have a really good relationship with John. I still talk to him every couple of weeks and, you know, just catch up on real life stuff with him. Yeah, and, and that's true, though. Uh, we used to always say, and I think this is still apparent, I mean, it, it, teams have gotten a lot more, I would say, professional in the sense that, you know, there there is a, a huge magnifying glass on you as far as practice time and 
and uh, and the certain ins and outs and the things that you have to do to make sure you keep your skills at a certain level. But at the end of the day, we would always say, and you know, it's like right now I'm actually physically raising my hand up and I'm saying like, okay, look, here's the level of play that you need to be at to play on this team. I don't care if you have to train 360 days a year in order to do that. But this is how good you have to be. Or if you can roll in hungover and you're still shooting three guys a game, well, I mean, yeah, not really going to be liking the fact that you're putting a really bad example out for everybody else. But, dude, you're, you're still shooting three guys a game, and we need we're, that. You we're know? here to win. We're here yeah, to win, ultimately, because that's what it's about. You know, It's about winning. So um, at least for the teams that are trying to reach for that specific type of thing. Now, if you're just doing it for fun, you got a certain code of contact, conduct from your team, and... Yeah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want to say that, you know, that's necessarily okay. But at the end of the day, what is this really about? This is about yeah. winning. And this is about us achieving our goal. And our goal is to beat other teams and take home trophies and, and win championships. So if you're helping us with that, awesome. Now, that being said, and this is kind of why I think this might be a good time to start trying to talk maybe a little bit about how you started kind of getting into these penalty problems and getting kind of that, you know, hard to coach uh, reputation. So did that start happening around Infamous? I mean, you know, obviously you'd, you'd kind of gone to different teams, but those were all upward trajectories. These are great teams you play. I mean, Ultimate, right. you know, Ultimate were the whooping boys in the pro leagues for a year, and, you know, you cut your teeth on that team. But the Naughty Dogs were a legit team. That was a good, that's a good, yeah. you know, that's a good team to be on. And, um, you know, they won some tournaments, and they were respected. And uh, they were the best team out of the Pacific Northwest for a long time. And, and that's why Thunder is interesting to me because, you know, Corey Fields, the, you know, he's the guy behind – Thunder and and that's kind of the Naughty Dog's le- legacy moving on. Mikey Lou's involved over there too, um, mm-hmm. so that's one of, one of the reasons I just I have a soft spot in my heart for Thunder uh, because I always liked the Naughty Dogs, man. I always liked Rocky and, and his brother, and I mean we always had a fierce rivalry, but I respected those guys. And uh, oh, for sure. you know, but you you were kind of making your way up the up the hierarchy of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think with the penalties, honestly, I remember. I can remember. The first really big penalty I ever got, um, <clears throat> it was on the Naughty Dogs, and we were playing against. Let's see, was it? It might have been Aftershock, or something. It was. It was in the. It was at World Cup, and it was. I think it was the game to go on and play for first and second. If we won that game, we went on, and I got a major. And this is when it was five minutes. You know, this was when it was a, a big like a. It's a big deal now, but this is when it was like you know this is this is huge. And that, dude, I was, it broke me. I was so just upset with myself. And, you know, I feel like from that point on, I really tried to focus on not, just on doing whatever it took to not get into that position again, to be the guy that really, truly, you know, let the team down. And I felt like I did good for a while. And then, I don't know, Maddie, I can't, I can't really put a finger on when it, when it came back and really started, um, I think with Infamous, I think the just the the when I was playing with Infamous and I think once I got to a level of play that I was used to and was performing consistently at a high level, I think I got to a point to where it's like, well, nobody's going to tell me I'm not doing it right or or this. It comes back to the coaching thing as well, including the refs. And I think I just developed a bad attitude like, oh, they're singling me out or um, you know, they're not being fair and they're just, they're just trying to be an asshole to me. I guess it's cause I'm young or this or that, whatever, whatever excuse I made at the time. Um, I don't really know. It was, it was one of those things that I, I wish I could have gone back and changed it, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's got me to where I am right now. And it's, it's, 
it's helped me learn. You know, I'm not I'm not upset with what's happened in the past. I feel like it's uh it's all got me outside of paintball as well in my life, helping me grow up a lot and mature and really respect authority and appreciate the fact that man refing is not a fun job you know you gotta <laughs> no. you gotta respect those guys because just be, getting shot while playing paintball sucks but getting shot while refereeing people playing paintball especially kids like me being a young kid with a loud mouth and never wrong and all this like you know i really feel for those guys and i, I really do um have a, a newfound respect and a new level of appreciation for the guys that are out there you know just doing what they're doing, not because they're making millions of dollars, but they're doing it because they really, truly love the sport and want to be around it and involved in it. And it's it's something that it's taken me this long to figure out and to really appreciate. But, you know, all these bumps in the road or I don't know, what hills in the road, not just bumps, <laughs> have, have really made me, you know, appreciate and respect the fact that those guys are out there doing a job that not many people want to do or could do. And it's uh, it's something that I really feel like I need to show that them um a whole new level of respect and really try to earn their respect as well because i know not many of those guys are my biggest fan but you know hopefully with the few things that i'm I'm working trying to get done before the season starts and you know i really want to talk to a lot of the guys and let them know where i stand and and where i'm at and not just say it but actually you know show them that i mean it you know so that i can i can earn their respect back because i think that's something that that really you have to have it, you know, you have to show them respect if they, if you want them to respect you, you know? And I, t- I totally agree. And, and it is a thankless job for them out there. It's incredibly <clears> difficult. We've all, I'm sure you've refed a lot of tournaments. I know I have and, uh, know how hard that is. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's definitely going to take some time to, you know, I think you've worked towards repairing your reputation knowing that, you know, especially what happened last season. Um, but, and that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. But dude, it's totally possible. I mean, Tim Montressor is a perfect example. He was the most, I can't remember what year this was, but he was, this is before our modern statistics, but they were still keeping stats on penalties. And mm-hmm. I think it was 2009, maybe eight. I think it was maybe I think it was eight. 2009 when he played on Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, he, but he was the, he was the, he had the most penalties out of anybody all year long. And then the very next year, he didn't get one penalty the entire season. So it's totally possible, uh, you know, it's been done before. Um, but a lot of, you know, dude, I mean, you're good. everyone's going to get penalties, man. It happens, yeah. you know, it's just, it's part of the game. It's just keeping them to, you know, not getting in those inopportune moments and then keeping them to minors instead of majors. I think if I was coaching you, that's what I would be saying to you. I'd be like, look, Zach, I don't want to hamstring you out there, bro. No pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 I want, but I, you know, I want you, I want you on that edge, but you know, you know, I, if you could just keep, you know, to keep the penalties down to a, you know, very, very minimum level and it, please don't get us any majors, you know? Exactly. exactly. Um, and that's something that I agree. Like it's, I'll never say a penalty is okay, but I feel like playing a position, a front position, especially in the snake where it's just so, you know, in your face and there's just so much going on every, no matter where you're at in that snake that there's, there's just paint pounding it. You know, it's just hectic. There's, it's so fast paced, all that, like there's, it's going to happen. You know, you're getting bunkered here. You're bunkering somebody there. Penalties are going to happen. But like you just said, the biggest thing is knowing when you can really ride the line. You know what, if it's, if it's a tie game with a minute left or, or, you know, it's the, it's the first point of a game. Like, do I need to ride this line or are we down a point? Do I really need to push it? Or can I, you know, can I just take a step back and be like, all right, all right. Okay, look at it, check it, check yourself, ask for another check from the ref, you know, really, truly make sure, um, 
you know, it's it's not going to cause a penalty for the team, but it's just, you know, just p- knowing that line. It, in paintball, just, there's so many fine lines you got to play, and it's just getting them all to align, you know, and, and just not not crossing over those lines is, is, is one of the biggest things I think it takes to be a, a top-level player. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's very difficult. I mean, that uh, we say this all the time on the podcast. It's definitely a reoccurring theme is that the, uh, the mechanics behind holding your gun, shooting certain ways, running and shooting, all that sort of stuff, that is – five percent of making a great paintball player you know the other 95 percent exists completely between your two ears it's all brain power and it requires a lot of experience um so take me back to you leaving infamous and getting on to dynasty because that's you know like you were saying if you could go back and change something it would be leaving infamous but getting to play for dynasty i'm sure was a dream considering that the catalyst for you launching you forward on your pro paintball adventure was a dynasty clinic that you went to, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah, it came, I think it was, it was 2011. I want to say, yeah, 2011. We just, we didn't really, I think we underperformed. We won the tournament in 2010, Chicago. Uh, we placed second in the, the next, um, the NPPL right after that, we lost to damage, but we, you know, we had a first and a second, but right back to back. And we had played really good that year, and we always looked at it like, you know, this was our building year. You know, we came out with a whole new team, you know, and we really we put together something pretty special. Because I, I feel like when Infamous came together with me, Bobby, and Marcelo being added to that team, I think that there was a lot of people out there looking like, whoa, these guys, you know, there's a chance these guys could really run the table or, or really have a, a very high level of talent all the way from 1 to 10, you know. And we, we looked at that year, you know, we got the one win, we got a second, I think we got another third, and we felt like we had a good year. Well, coming into 2011, we were like, all right, no excuses, you know, this isn't a growing year anymore. Um, I don't think we made any major roster changes or anything like that. So 2011, we just, uh, man, we just underperformed. And I think that it just got to a point to where I think I was playing at a, a pretty, pretty top, top notch level and a, a couple of the guys had you know talked not talked to me about it but had made a joke about it or or said something like this from dynasty um just oh, you know when you play with us and this that the other and i never really took it you know too serious well um i talked to oliver I, i'm pretty sure it was oliver i talked to and we were just shooting the shit i think we were just having a beer at a bar we were at a tournament we were all out having a good time i think we we're in europe somewhere and we were just having a conversation he's like you know what man just hit me up in the off season you know we'll talk and uh we finished out the season with Infamous, and I just we didn't, man. We just underperformed the whole year, and I was just I think I was frustrated, and you know, like we had talked about a second ago, my whole career I was always looking for that next step up, and I think what it happened was not only the fact that I wanted to go somewhere that I was going to win, and this was the year that Oliver came back and Dynasty had their amazing year, and all this. And I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna go play with them. Oh no, sorry, Maddie, I I completely forgot something. A huge part of the story. They had talked to me the year before, after the first year with Infamous, about playing. And Mike had called me and my dad, and he was like, hey, you know, Oliver's coming back. Um, you know, we kind of we had talked. I Mike had talked to Oliver, I guess. And they were like, you know, we wanna we wanna bring Zach out. And this was like two weeks before the the first tournament. And, um. Me and my dad talked about it. I was like, Dad, I can't do it. Like, you know, not only is it just two weeks before the tournament, but like, these are my brothers. Like, I can't leave them like that. Right. I can't do that. I can't be that guy. And I can't just dip out on them two weeks before the first event to go play with Dynasty. And so I, I stayed with Infamous. I told Oliver, or I told Mike, you know, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you at the end of the year if things don't go, go well. And, we'll, you know, we'll see where it's at then. 
all right, so fast forward back to the end of the second year with Infamous. We underperformed and all that. And I think I was just frustrated, and I was like, well, these dudes, I could have played on this team. And, you know, they won four tournaments, I think the first four tournaments of the straight year. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. And I was like, shit, man, I should have been there with them. You know, I should have these victories under my belt. You know, I could have been a part of that. You know, I could have, I could have been with those guys that I'd looked up to for so long and wanted to play with for so long winning, you know. And I think that had a little bit of weigh in with the fact that we underperformed and I was just frustrated, honestly. And, um, yeah, so we we talked about it, and at the end of the off season, and uh, talked to Mike and made the move. And I, I remember calling calling Nicky Cuba, man, and he Nicky Cuba. I can't give that guy enough respect or credit or anything. He's he's not just a friend; he's a big brother to me, and he um, he will always be someone that I really truly uh, value as a as a friend and part of my family. You know, my parent. He's he's close with everybody. I know my my brother, my my mom, dad, everybody. He's awesome. But I called him up and I was like, Nikki, you know, what do I do? And I told him the situation. I was like, you know, Dynasty hit me up. They want me to play this, that, the other. What should I do? And he's like, Zach, man, honestly, he's like, don't do it. He's like, don't. He's like, we're building something special here. You know, he's like, don't go chasing. Don't go chasing a ring. And I was like, all right. You know, we talked about it for probably an hour and a half, two hours, one night, just sitting on the phone. And, uh. Yeah, man, I I went against what he told me, which was that's some of the best advice he had given me was not to do it. And I did it anyways. You know, I went against all the advice I'd got and uh, went into a situation. And it's it was it was it was kind of weird, man. I flew out there for the first practice and it was awesome. Like I loved I love the guys. You know, I stayed with Yosh and Alex and they're great guys, man. They're they're really cool. And I've always liked Ryan and Oliver and, you know, everybody Dalton. I played on Aftermath with Dalton and all and Mouse as well. And I just I I called my dad and I was like, Dad, I just I think I made a mistake. And I I, I don't mean to say that in a way that like was talking talking them down or being negative towards them. I just it wasn't it didn't feel the same way as it did with Infamous. You know, I wasn't I was the new guy. I wasn't part of the the core group of guys that were that were family. You know, those were the guys that had grown up together, accomplished so much together. And I just I think I just missed the uh, the camaraderie that we had on Infamous uh, the second I got on Dynasty. And, you know, we went into Dallas and we went 4-0 and and the rain uh, caused the tournament to be put to a halt. And I think I finished like third in the, in the stats. And me and Eggs finished in the top five in the stats in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I was playing decent. But I think the biggest thing with Dynasty, you know, I, I didn't feel like I really – not that I didn't fit in, but I didn't fit – it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like I was part of the family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it was uh, – yeah, you know, I was playing good, but I think I came into Dynasty looking at those guys like, like I didn't need to, I didn't need to go about doing things the way I had done them and and doing the things that had got me to where I was. I think I needed to, I felt like I needed to step back and listen more and not really, you know, impose my will on the field and more just like play more of a, a setback kind of game and let them do all the work. You know what I'm saying? Not do all the work, but just kind of, just fit in kind of where the where I was the. I don't know where I fit in in the puzzle. And I just, I think it kind of took me out of my game because I'd, I'd stopped playing as aggressive. You know, I was really, I was getting stuck in the back a lot. I wasn't really, uh, you know, once I got to a position in the snake, I wasn't making my normal aggressive moves and whatnot. And I felt like I just didn't, the things I knew and the things I'd learned and what had got me to where I was in paintball, I didn't really apply those. I felt like I just needed to sit back and listen and learn and just absorb everything I could. And it really kind of took me out of my game. And I think that was the start of me 
kind of getting, you know, the penalties and this and not playing as well. That was where it all started was right around that area, I think. That's pretty interesting to, <clears throat> to you know, you, you, you go to a dynasty clinic when you're 14 or 15 years old. That's the catalyst to propel you forward. You know, you, you finally get on this team that should be a dream come true, and it actually ends up being the complete opposite, and it ends up being – uh, something that kind of ended up taking you down a, a negative road with well, your own performance. Well, I want to. I want to stop. I just. I'm not. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to pause you right there. But it, that right there was a dream come true, and that was. It was amazing to spend the time and to, to play on a team with those guys. And I don't mean any disrespect by any means or any uh, down talk or. I don't want this to be taken in a negative way. You know, we're talking. We're being open. We're being honest about this stuff. Totally. And I just want to tell it how it is. And it, it was one of those things that. I don't think I've ever really told it. I've told my dad this. I don't think I've ever really told anybody this, but it, uh, like I said, no disrespect towards those guys. And I, it was more just an internal thing with me that it just, I didn't feel as comfortable as I had in the past. And I think that's what kind of got it. It's not that playing on dynasty started this downfall or, or this or that. I think it was just more internal things that I was, that I was dealing with that really kind of caused it to start you know what i'm saying yeah for sure and also you know i mean think about it too that's to what 22 i mean that's kind of when things a lot of times people start you know kind of thinking like man what is this what is life about well how what am i about right. what am i doing you know like you start kind of questioning yourself you don't have that blatant you know kind of powerful ignorance and or arrogance that when you're when you're 18 um you know when you're kind of like where am i you start questioning some stuff and and yeah and i didn't mean that in like a negative way it just to me that was a kind of an interesting part of your story is that yeah. you know you're talking about i mean dynasty has made so many people's careers and they are the most successful team ever and it, it's you know obviously still was a dream come true and that's still a little you know thing you get to put in your cap little, you know, flag you get to put up there. I mean, like, yeah, I played on Dynasty. Not a lot of people on earth can say that. Um, but again, you know, I mean, the road is what it is. You climb and struggle and deal with certain things that you deal with. And sometimes when you get to the top of one particular goal, you think, well, actually, maybe this wasn't my whole goal. I have, my goal has been complicated a little bit and I need to go and strive and, and, and work to get to where I really want to be. And, but sometimes you have to do those sort of things to uncover that about yourself. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. It was, uh, it was definitely, it was a, it was a, a little bit of a shock, not a shock, but it was a little bit just of an adjustment that I, I didn't adjust to as well as I think I could have or should have. <clears throat> I think I let it get the best of me, honestly. And then, so then after, so things didn't work out with Dynasty, and yeah, I got, uh, I got hurt at the uh, the Chicago Seven Man. I, uh, I, uh, not tore whatever it was. I messed up the the bursa sack in my right elbow. Um, I guess it's for just too much constant, you know, diving, just diving into a snake pretty much. And just that's when I missed a couple tournaments and um, they changed coaches. They went from Mike Hinman to, to Rusty Glaze. They picked up, uh, I think it was Blake, who's who they picked up when I was gone. Mm -hmm. And um, I called Rusty right before, it was probably three weeks before World Cup, something like that. And I called Rusty up. I was like, yo, you know, you know, my elbow's back, this, that, the other. And the whole time they were like, you know, when you're when you're healthy, when you're ready to go, you know, there was no getting they didn't I wasn't done with the team or anything. It's just like, yo, go get healed up and call us when you're ready. And I guess in the time that I was healing, they had, you know, they had made the the proper adjustments to 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 fix the loss. And when I called Rusty, he's like, Man, you know, I think I think we're good, but he's like, I'll call you in the next couple of days. I was like, honestly, don't even worry about it. I was just I was just kind of pissed being a smart ass. I was like, don't even worry about it. You know, it's it's all good. And that's how that ended. And, um, yeah, from there, Marcelo called me up 
I think it was it's probably on a Wednesday, right before the weekend before World Cup. And Marcelo called me. He's like, yo, um, what's up, man? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, we uh, a couple of the coaches asked me about who I thought would be a good, if there was anybody we could think of to try and pick up for Cup that can play the snake. And he's like, I thought of you. I, I just wanted to call you and see what you said about me giving them your number. I was like, of course, man. You know, thank you so much for the for the thought. And definitely, I would be honored to to talk to the Russian guys and and play on an organization like that with one of my best friends, Marcelo Margot. You know, at World Cup, and that was that was pretty cool. You know, and um, you know that happened, and we went and played, and there was a little bit of uh, not controversy, but I, I'd, I'd say I was uh, just gonna say, man. Like oh this, man, we had this conversation at where was it in Old Town? At, at, uh, at uh, uh, Sharkies or no, Son, son of the on Beach. The beach. The yeah, famous right. Son we, of the Beach. So many paintball conversations have gone down yeah. at Son of the Beach. So for everyone out there listening, basically Zach, Marcelo gets Zach on the Russians, and then Zach, and then maybe I should let you talk no, about No, no, no. Don't you dare put me in that position. Now. We had this conversation. <laughs> I told you how I felt about that, all right? But all right, so we get there, and we get to the practice, and I guess, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember if the coach that was there for the majority of the season when Marcelo was having his MVP-type year, you know, number one player in the world through four events or three events, whatever it was, I guess the coach that was coaching the team through all that wasn't there for World Cup when I got there. Yep. And we got to practice, and I was supposed to play the snake. That's where it all started. You know, I was supposed to be the snake guy. And from that, it somehow got turned into like, okay, well, you and Marcelo have played together. You know, we're going to put you on the Dorito side with him. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll back him up. We had the first day of practice. Well, after that, they're like, all right, Zach, we want you to go in the front. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, this dude's literally like having an MVP season, like why would you change up anything about him or like what he's doing? Like put me somewhere else and, you know, put somebody behind him that can, you know, support him or put somebody in front of whatever, like all that went down. So, you know, long story short, they put me as the one on the Dorito side and moved Marcelo to the two behind me. And, you know, Marcelo being the, the cool, you know, friend, very close friend of mine that he is, you know, it, we, I think we got into one little argument, and it wasn't even about that. I think it was just like there was a lot of tension, you know, between everything, all the uh, all the adjustments being made. That me and him got into one argument, and the coaches pulled us aside. They're like, "Are you guys going to be able to do this? Like, can you guys play together?" And we were like, "Yeah, you know, it's cool. That's just how we are. We've grown up playing together. You know, we get into it sometimes, and and that's what it is. Like nothing else from it." So Marcelo, being the stand up guy that he is, he really uh, he. He didn't, he didn't come in there, you know, bitching or complaining, being like, you know, I'm doing this and this is how it's going to be and that. You know, he really respected the coaches and their decision to to put me in the front, which I don't – I'm still not really clear on why they – what happened there. Like, I, I don't know. I just did – we did what we were told and that was – that's where it kind of left off. But it feels like uh, – I felt pretty bad about that because I feel like to an extent um, that I, I kind of held Marcelo back on that from getting that Top Gun title – uh, two years ago, but, um, you know, me and him have talked about it and I've, we've, we've set our piece and, you know, he doesn't, I, he says he doesn't, which I, I trust. He's a good enough friend and someone that I, I really am close with that. I, I trust the fact that when he says he doesn't hold a grudge to it, that I don't think he does. But, uh, nah, if, if I was, if ain't... I was him, I'd be kind of pissed, honestly, not at, not at me so much, but at the same time, just at the situation, like, man, I called this dude to come play a position, you know, on our team to try to help <laughs> us win. Now, now this is all going down. You know, we didn't play well and it was just, it was silly, man. It was yeah, crazy. it was definitely, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's funny in retrospect, but at the time, yeah, I mean, 
if I was Marcel, I'd be pissed at the coach, and I would I wouldn't feel bad, but it definitely would it didn't shake out the way that he had planned, and it definitely right. hurt his chances. You know, because then they stuck him in that back center, and it was uh, yeah. Long story short, it, it definitely was. Uh, it got that situation got uh, uh, t- twisted very quick. But you yeah, know, sure. it, but it but it happens. So then Marcel um, leaves to come back to the Ironman. You decide not to go back to the Russians, and then you take the offer to go and uh, try out for X Factor, and you make the team. Well, that right there, honestly, Ryan Branded hit me up because um, me and Marcel had talked after World Cup, and I was like, "So, what's your plans?" You know, because I didn't, I know the Russian guys, like I've, I've been cool with them, but it just, I didn't want to go be a lone ranger kind of over there and and be with a t- another team that I didn't really know too well and just feel like I wouldn't have fit in too well with, you know, just off the field because that's big for me. You know, paintball, as much as I love the competitive competitiveness of it and the the uh, just getting to go out and prove yourself, you know, every day, like it's really important to me to have good relationships off the field with the guys that you're spending, you know, months and months on end with pretty much throughout the year that like, I really want to enjoy where I'm at off the field as well. So that was one of the things me and Marcella talked about. And he's like, Zach, I don't think I'm going back. You know, I, I would, I would, probably suggest looking for another team because I only wanted to go back if he was going back. <clears throat> well, it would have been a cool story if you guys had stayed on the team together because then you could have had an American homie on the team with right, you. But right, just to, right. And the Russians are an awesome squad and everyone that's gone there has been like, oh, I learned a lot. It was a great experience. And, you know, yeah. Russians are good. I mean, they had an off year last year, uh, but it's it's been, they're the most dominant PSP team since 2004. They've won 10 events. So no one's won that many, that many events in the PSP. Um, but that being said, to go and be a mercenary is a totally different social experience. And that's a big part of it. Like you said, man, I mean, it's not like even if you are getting paid at the highest of the high level, it's still not, you know, you're not driving a Ferrari back to your trophy house exactly. and to your trophy wife, you know. So the, the, the vibe with the guys on the team is huge. And, and for the divisional ranks, it's almost, I mean, obviously the competitive side of things is awesome. And that's, you know, it purges the demon from your soul. And it's just a super amazingly fun experience and challenging and all the rewarding elements of the game, but that off the field, you know, tribalism, that those, that exactly. brotherhood that's formed is lifelong and incredibly potent. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree 100%. That's why I feel like with, with the infamous guys, you know, Bobby, Bobby's come out and stayed with me in Tennessee for a couple of weeks, you know, mouse Tyler, all those guys, like those are dudes that like, you know, we've gone the extra mile to say, you know what, outside of paintball, we're going to get together and we're going to kick it. You know, we're really going to build a friendship and we're really going to become, you know, lifelong friends outside of this sport. You know, we met through this sport, crazy sport that we all play and we're going to turn it into something that 20, 30 years from now, we're going to sit down, have a beer and talk about and tell our war stories and, you know, tell all the fun times and the bad times and all that stuff later on in life. And I didn't feel that that would have been the way it was with the Russian guys. So that being said, um, before X Factor had hit me up, I was I was really and this was you know a year off of leaving Infamous. I, I tried to call Travis a couple of times. I don't think he answered me. You know, just pressing the decline button every time. <laughs> but uh, you know, I texted him a couple of times, called him, and, and you know, I didn't get many responses. And uh, you know, I was like, man, I really want to do this. Like, I really want to get back with my boys. Like, I feel like that's where I need to be, and I feel like that's that's what's going to get me back to where I need to be in the sport. And, you know, I talked to Damien, I talked to Bobby and they're like, man, you got to talk to Travis. Like we've, we've set our piece. We've, we, you know, we've mentioned it. We've, we've talked to him about you. You know, we think it'd be cool if you came back, think it'd be a good fit, but it's at the end of the day, it's his decision. Well, um, Ryan Brand hit me up on Facebook. I think it was a month before the season or whenever that tryout was. 
And uh, it was right after they picked up Scott Kemp, who's another very close friend of mine that I've known for a long time. Um, they hit me up and he was like, yo, we're just trying to get a, get a idea of what, what, um, pro players are available. You know, we're, we're looking to make one more pickup. You know, Billy's not going to be at the first event. We're really looking for a snake guy. And I was like, Ryan, you know, honestly, and me and Ryan didn't really know each other that well at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> I hit him back up and I was like, Ryan, honestly, you know, I'm going to be 100% forward. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm trying to talk to Travis and the infamous guys right now. I said, you know, if, if that's where I can end up, if, if something works out to where I can get Travis to, to let me get back, get a chance back on the team, you know, that's, that's where I want to be. And I think that's where I'll be the most happy. But, you know, if things don't work out, you know, is it okay if I give you a call back? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, no pressure. He's like, I just, you know, I'm not even, we're not even saying anything like, oh, we're picking you up. He's like, I just wanted, I just wanted to see where your head was at and, you know, what was going on. He's like, I respect you being honest. You know, I really appreciate that. You know, just if things don't work out in the next week or two, give me a call. I tried to call Travis again. We didn't, I couldn't get a response or whatever it was. He was just, he was busy. I, I don't think he was, you know, I'm, I'm talking shit now, but I don't think he was being like maliciously trying to avoid me or anything. But, uh, I never, we never got anything worked out. He's like, I think we ended up saying, he's like, Zach, you know, I just, I think we're good for the year. I think we've got it set. We don't really want to make any adjustments. So I hit Ryan back up. He's like, all right, you know, we get, we'll get you a ticket, come out to this tryout. Wait, hold on real quick. So was that like a little kind of a blow, you know, where you're like, man, I really want to play. Yeah. You know I mean? That's it was, it was cause that's like I said, Maddie, since the day, since the very, you know, first couple weekends of, of playing with another team, I was, you know, knowing that that's where I wanted to be. You know, I knew that's, it's like breaking up with a girl to go for the better girl, I guess you could say, and then realizing you messed up, you know, it's, it's just, it didn't work out the way I planned. And, um, it was kind of a blow, but at the same time I, I, I manned up and I accepted the fact that I made a wrong decision. And, you know, sometimes it takes time to, to let those relationships heal and to let those things, those negative things kind of die out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I, I accepted it and I wasn't, you know, I didn't, it wasn't anything that hurt, you know, hurt my feelings. I understood where Travis was coming from and I completely respected his decision, but I still wanted to play and I still wanted to play on a team that I thought could compete. And, um, you know, I really thought X Factor with picking up Scotty, you know, having Billy, having Archie, you know, Grayson, um, uh, Dimitri picking him up. That's another, you know, he's another really good one of my friends that I made being on the team. Um, and then Paul Richards as well. I was like, man, this could be a really good opportunity, you know, and, and these guys are cool. You know, I knew the X factor guys growing up. I played with Colt Roberts on naughty dogs for two years. So it, I felt like it'd be an easy transition as well as some guys that I could really enjoy spending time with outside the field. So I hit Ryan up, we talked, he, you know, where he's like, we'll buy you a ticket. You come out to this tryout. And when I thought tryout, I was like, okay, you know, they're going to be playing X factor versus Texas storm or, you know, X factor versus X factor. And I'll just mix in. Well, no, they were talking about a tryout. Like I was out there against, I think it was 19, like, I don't want to say kids, but, you know, divisional players. Hey, I and, saw, uh, I saw the roster. Oh, I, I voiced, hey, dog, it was good, though. <laughs> I voiced that thing, man. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was a very interesting story. And, and, uh, I remember when that project, you know, I've been working with the ETV guys for years now and Dan was kind of painting the picture for me. He's like, well, this is what this season's going to look like. And it's kind of, you know, breaking it down. And I was like, man, I, I think this could be a really captivating story. And it ended up being really interesting. Um, not necessarily good for you, but I mean, guess good in the long run because you're back on infamous and where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And it, like I said before, it was a, it was an amazing opportunity. And, you know, Alex is a stand up guy, an amazing owner. Um, Paul Richards is an amazing coach who I was, that was another, like the dynasty thing, another little flag to put on the resume to say, you know, I played under Paul Richards 
and Ryan Brand as well. You know, th- those are championship coaches. And it, it was it was good. You know, I made a lot of friends on that team that I still to this day talk to, you know, daily. You know, every couple of days I'm talking to Grayson or Archie or Ryan or Dimitri Skimp, you know, all those guys. And it's it's cool, man. I really enjoyed the the time I spent with them. I don't think I was at the, the best of my potential. And I feel bad about that, that I kind of let them down because Grayson of all people, and I didn't really know him as well at the time. I knew him from playing um, in Europe and we had spent a lot of time, you know, messing around, you know, just going out and having a good time in Europe that uh, he really vouched for me. You know, he really, not really knowing me too well, just knowing me through like the paintball scene and kind of hanging out a little bit at tournaments. He really came to bat for me and he's like, yo, this kid's He's legit. Like, get him on the team. He's going to help us, and that's that. And I, I really feel bad about letting him down and just not performing um, the way I can and the way that they thought that I was going to and the way they know that I should. And it, it kind of sucked, but at the same time, I can't I can't go back and change those things. I can just kind of deal with it and accept it and you know move on from it. And like you just said, look at the positive of it, that I'm back with my, my boys. I'm back where I want to be, and I feel like for the first time in – a couple years, you know, I'm not only do I feel like I have my head on straight that I, I feel like I'm putting in the work that I haven't put in in years, Maddie. It's, I've, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm playing paintball every weekend I can, you know, if I, if I have an off weekend, I'm looking to go do this or play here or go coach a team or do a clinic. Like I'm not looking for a reason to say, all right, well, I'm going to go down to Florida for the weekend and spend three days on the beach. I'm, I'm like, dude, where can we go play paintball? Like where's the closest field that's got a layout or, that we can go just get some drills in like, you know, that's, that's what it is. And yeah, that's where hey, I'm at now. Hey, you, uh, you looked fast now, uh, you know, you sent me that text message with a little, uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, wake looks fast again. Nice job. Hey, not yet though. Not yet. I'm, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. And I've been talking a bunch of shit to mouse about it. Cause I've heard he's, uh, he's stepped his, his, his 40 time up, if you will. So I've been giving him a bunch of crap about how I'm coming for him and how I'm going to get back to it. But it's, it's all in good fun you know it's a motivational thing and it's something i really enjoy you know being competitive even with something as little as you know who's faster you know that's i love to compete and i love to compete against people at a high level you know and it's it's this year i'm i'm excited man it's i feel like i'm going to be under the microscope but uh at the same time like i don't think i've ever ever avoided a challenge like that i think it's something that's going to help push me to to perform and it's it's not something that's going to set me back and hold me back or make me um, you know, not, not be able to perform because of the pressure. I feel like this is something that maybe I needed this. Maybe I needed to really have this kind of like spotlight put on me to say, all right, well, either he can do it or he can't. And, you know, whether he can break this penalty thing or not, you know, we're going to see. And it's, uh, I'm, I I don't feel confident. You know, I I am confident that this will be a, a huge year for not not just myself, but Chicago influence, which is way more important than what I do. I think, you know, this first practice we had out in LA talking about that rain, we were playing in it this weekend and it was not too much fun. But uh this team, man, it's it's something else. We got a we got a pretty solid roster, you know, adding um the Bornstein brothers and uh Zach Patience back, um myself, you know, Bobby, Damian, Brad, Callie, Drewby. Man, these guys are playing out of their minds right now, and it's it's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to more than myself and what I can accomplish and what I can do. You know, I'm looking forward to this team and seeing what we can do um, together and as a group of friends, and really, really see if this can be our year to come out and really prove a lot of people wrong. It definitely could be a big year for Infamous, especially seeing as how 
2013 was a really frustrating year for fans and, and the guys on the team just because they had to play in a lot of relegation games, um, you know, just really underperforming and, and not living up to what they know is capable talent-wise and experience-wise and, and system-wise from that squad. So, you know, I mean, I, and that's what's fascinating to me about the competition this year is that, you know, multiply that times pretty much every team. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of interesting stories there and infamous is one of the best ones. You know, each one of those guys has their own trajectory to, you know, not only on that squad, but through the different teams they played on over the years to coalesce and into this cohesive unit that you guys have now with a really good vibe heading into this year. So, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be without its struggles, but and I'm sure, you know, like, you know, it, it, you're not going to have, you know, it's not going to be smooth sailing all the time. But, you know, it's it's just listening to your whole story kind of play out like that. I think that, you know, there's a lot of lessons for everyone listening to to kind of glean from from that adventure that you went on, man. You know, it's a really cool adventure and you're only 24. <laughs> right. It's been a roller coaster, man. But, you know, honestly, I look back and, you know, even with the all the highs and, you know, the lows and whatnot, it's it's there's stories and friends and places that I've, you know, seen and it, I wouldn't change any of it. You know, like I said, I changed the the leaving the part of infamous, but you know, that's, that's looking at, that's looking for something to say that I would change. You know, honestly, I can look back on from the time I was 14, you know, it's been one hell of a ride and uh, I'm grateful for it. And I think this year is going to be one of the years I can really prove and show that not, not only am I just saying that I, I respect the game in a way that I haven't in a while. And appreciate the opportunity that I have to travel the world, man, with your best friends and shoot people with paintballs. Like how much, how much better does it get? You know, it's, it's, it's an awesome story and it's a, it's been an amazing ride, Maddie. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's going to be, uh, you know, I mean, events next week, uh, by the time you guys listen to this out there in the world, um, you know, the, the event will be rapidly approaching. So remember to tell everybody, you know, March 14th through the 16th, the best players in the entire world are going to be thrown down for the Dallas open. And, uh, and, and, you know, Zach, you, you got a great story and it's, and honestly, you know, I mean, as much water as there in, is under the bridge and, and as many miles as you've traveled both in your mind and, and with your body, you know, you're really just getting started, bro. You know, I mean, it's at 24, I mean, think about how wise you are for how young you are in the real world too, you know? And I think that that's why, you know, another reoccurring theme on this podcast is, is how magical the paintball life is and how much you are forced to look internally and externally and deal with things and struggle through adversity. And, uh, and you've done a lot of that, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you and the rest of the boys perform this year and uh you know and we'll and we'll keep keep everyone updated and uh and let everybody know and, and tell them what happens sounds good man i appreciate you guys having me maddie it's been really cool getting to tell this stuff to everybody yeah no it's it's just it's one of those really you know i think a lot of people out there can relate you know everyone's been in those For situations sure. on either either been a, a player like you played with a guy like you had problems with penalties themselves or injuries and you know there's just there's a lot of uh intelligence and, and things you can kind of get through, you know, hearing other people's stories. That's the whole reason we do this podcast is to, you know, get that history out there, the top players in the game, the game itself and, and the lessons and fun that can be had by partaking in this amazing experience, you know, called the paintball world. So, yeah. So everyone out there, thank you for listening to the Real Deal podcast uh, with Zach Wake from Infamous. 
and he's gonna, you know, help be throwing down all year long, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll see how things go. And as always, man, help us spread the paintball gospel. Support PBA. Support the companies that support us, because you know we're trying to take the sport to another level, and we can't do it without you guys' help. So thank you guys for tuning in. See you guys next time. Thanks, brother. Oh man, that was awesome, Maddie. Thanks so much, man. No problem, dude. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was it was a good story for sure, man. I think you know, like I was saying, I, I really think that a lot of people will be able to one you know, want to follow and see what's happening to Infamous and see what's happening to you when they hear a story like that. And two, I really think that through, you know, you never know how you're going to inspire people. And, uh, and that's a, such an inspiration is such an important thing in this world. And, you know, the only way you can really do that is to try to share your struggles openly and honestly and, and let other people learn. And, uh, and I think that's what we did, bro. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And thank you for being so open and honest about everything. Anytime, man. You think you, you think it turned out pretty good, though. Fuck yeah! No, it was great, dude. Awesome, dude. definitely That's great to hear. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it'll. Uh, I think it'll, it'll. You know, it's 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 impossible to understand something if you have no knowledge of it. So I'm sure even those the Zach Wake haters out there that'll be like, oh, he's a penalty machine, hard to work with. You know, like the negative side of you know as a and there's a lot of Zach Wake or Zach Wake fans out there. So yeah. I think that this you know being this open and honest about your your adventure through the different teams you've played on. It's a great story, and I think that you know this. Like we had talked about in the bar, man. You know, it, it's 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 very invigorating for somebody to hear somebody that's so kind of no bullshit with where they are, what they've been through, and what they're trying to do. Because everybody wants yeah. to get, everybody wants to get behind a guy like that. Everybody wants um, somebody else to have a chance at retribution, you know, like exactly. and redemption. Those are huge, huge things in in, in people's psyches. So you know, the more that they have the ability to try to follow a story like that, the more they're going to like that person, the more they're going to be stoked on what that person's doing. It just, it, it's, that's what, that's how people's fucking minds work. Yeah, so, sure. so no, I'm, I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked for you and wish you the best, bro. Thanks so much, man. Maddie, I appreciate the opportunity, buddy. No problem, dude. I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Peace.